Welcome to the DHG podcast series with a focus on life beyond numbers with topics about people, careers and flexibility. And now, here's your host, our Director of Corporate Communications and All Things Fun, Alice Gray Harrison. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of our DHG podcast series. I'm Alice Gray Harrison, your host, and I love this venue because we get to hear about the things that matter the most flexibility, careers, and of course, our people. In honor of Financial Literacy Month, Amy Manning of DHG Wealth Advisors is joining us to give us a few tips. I'm sure that we're hitting the midpoint of our New Year's resolutions and we all could use some tips. Amy's a certified financial advisor and she helps create financial security for her clients through a disciplined approach with financial planning. There were two major words in this sentence. Discipline and planning. I think I might have a lot to learn here. So, Amy, tell us about what you do with DHG Wealth Advisors and how you got into this field. Absolutely. So, what I do here is I help clients manage their investments, which is pretty straightforward. You know, we build portfolios for our clients and manage that for them. But really, the biggest piece of what we do is financial planning. And so that involves helping clients identify what their financial priorities are. And that looks different for everyone. You know, it could be buying their first home. It could be saving to send their kids to college or planning to retire early or making a gift to their kids or grandkids. So it really, you know, runs across the spectrum. But our job is to help them figure out what that is and to help get them to their goals. Awesome. I first wanted to get into the industry because I, I, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit of a math nerd and I've always had a love for numbers. And so even back in college, I knew I wanted to do something in finance, but I knew I didn't want to be crunching numbers all day in front of a computer screen. So I wanted to do something that would also involve relationships. And so that's kind of how I got into wealth management. And really the part I love is educating people, right? Because no one really takes the person finance class in high school or college and you're left to figure it out on your own or maybe your parents or trial and error. So that's really the part I enjoy is taking difficult concepts and and making them easy to understand for my clients. That's terrific. Yeah, they definitely don't teach that in school. When I graduated from college, I remember going to dinner with my cousin and, and I can't remember what the number was, but it was something like, this was in 1998. I told her that I felt like I could live in Washington, D.C., making $12,000 a year. (laughs) Wow, that would be very impressive. (laughs) That would be very impressive. So I think my rent at that point exceeded just that number. So I had no clue, no clue. So you probably see a lot of people make mistakes because of that especially among young professionals like me when I graduated from college thinking I could live off of $12,000 a year. What are a couple of the biggest mistakes that you see when it comes to financial planning and wellness? Absolutely. Probably the biggest mistake I see is people not taking advantage of access to a 401k early in their career. Believe it or not, over 50% of individuals between the ages of 25 and 34 don't have any money in their retirement account, which is crazy. And, you know, when you talk about investing, the beauty of compound interest really works the hardest for you in those first 10 years, you know, Mm -hmm. in your 20s and 30s. And so for people to not be taking advantage of that, 
they really need to kind of reevaluate, you know, where they're, where they're saving, if they're saving, and really start doing that and taking it more seriously. And then the second mistake I really see is people overextending themselves financially by taking on too much debt. And I actually read a survey recently from NerdWallet that was doing a survey of all the debt owned by Americans. And believe it or not, the average American household has about $50,000 in student loans, which I think we're all aware wow. of, 17000 in credit card debt, and 30000 in car loans. I mean, and that's not even including a mortgage or however much you have to pay for rent. And so what happens is that when so much of your cash flow is already committed to paying mm. off all of these monthly debt payments, it doesn't give you much wiggle room to, you know, pay the bills, let alone have some additional savings. Wow. That's very frightening when I think about it, because you're talking about the average American, which means that half are a lot worse than that. Exactly. So since I have you here, what are five tips or six tips, whatever, that you could provide to us on establishing financial well-being early in your career? Sure. So the key to all of these is discipline, right? I mean, just like (laughs) anything in life, you know, if you're trying to achieve some sort of goal, whether it be a professional goal or a health goal or a financial goal, it takes discipline. And so that's really the key to everything. But the first thing I would say is, you know, kind of back to the 401k thing, start saving as soon as you're eligible, even if it doesn't feel like you can save much, you know, even if it's $50 a month or $100 a month, just start with something to establish the habit and then have a longer term goal of saving 10 to 15% of your income in your 401k. That's terrific. Yeah, so that's a biggie that we see a lot of people not doing. And then another thing would be having a budget, right? I mean, you wouldn't believe the people we deal with, average income or, you know, very high income that don't have a budget and they have no concept of what it costs them to live on a monthly basis. And so if you don't know where your money is going, you have no idea how much of that you can even save. And so if you can learn to have a plan for your money and have control over it, then it won't control you. And one of the common things I hear from people of why they don't have a budget is, well, you know, I just have to pay all the bills and then whatever's left over, you know, I'll save that. And what ends up happening is that nothing's left over because you're just taking things as they come. That's right. I've been guilty of that before in my life. And my husband will tell you that I would be guilty of it now if he weren't around. So it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. So one thing that you mentioned to me when we talked before this was about spending more than you make. Can you talk about that tip? Yes. So that seems like a no-brainer. You know, hey, your expenses should be less than your income. But believe it or not, you know, when we talk about those credit card numbers, that's coming from people who are spending more than they make, right? And sometimes it's so easy to, you know, hey, I want to go on vacation. I'm just going to put this on my credit card. Or, hey, you know, I had an unexpected expense, so I don't have the cash for it. I'm just going to put it on my credit card. And if you don't pay those things off right away, they can really start to rack up. Mm -hmm. And then you have something else happen in life that prevents you from paying that off. So that's just kind of a good rule of thumb is, hey, look, unless you know you can pay off your credit card, like, in one or two months, you really shouldn't be putting more than that on there. Very good. So what's your next tip? 
So I have two more. Next would be, and that really goes hand in hand with number three, which was, you know, not spending more than you make. But if you have an emergency fund, if you have three to nine months of cash savings set aside, then, hey, you're not going to have to put things on a credit card when unexpected expenses come up. So that's just a really good rule of thumb. And, and honestly, as soon as you get out on your own, you know, really start trying to save, you know, just start with three months, right? Like just whatever costs you to live per month, squirrel away a few months of extra cash. And then when something does happen, you don't have to dip into either a credit card or whatever. So that's a biggie and can be really helpful for people, you know, especially after they're buying their first home. You know, things you never know when something's going to break or something's right. going to go wrong. And so having that emergency fund is really helpful for those unexpected expenses. And then lastly, I would say to try to pay down debts before they are due. It's, you know, most people, they just pay what they owe, right? You know, I'm going to pay whatever my monthly car payment is, pay whatever my mortgage is, and that's it. But you'd be amazed if you can put an extra $100 or a couple hundred dollars a month toward these things. It can save you thousands of dollars of interest over time. So that's one thing I encourage my clients to do is to, you know, hey, even though, you know, even though this is all it says you have to pay, you know, let's go a little bit above and beyond and and really try to knock that out sooner. Wow, that's a really great tips. I wish that I had had those when I was 25. So for our listeners out there, if this piques their interest, where can they go to learn more about financial literacy? Sure. So there's a ton of resources out there, you know, especially with everything on the internet. We typically try to steer people away from the financial media. You know, a lot of times they're just generating hype and, you know, the sky is falling sort of thing. So we encourage clients to stay away from that. But there's some great resources just for budgeting, planning, saving, things like that. For employees of DHG, we actually have a lot of great resources on the Vanguard website. And there are videos, lessons, articles, financial calculators, you name it. A lot of people just don't know that that's out there. So, you know, whenever you log on, all you have to do is just go under education and you can see all those resources right there. So that can be really helpful for employees. But a few other websites that I I go to a lot, talking about budgeting, I don't know if you've heard of Mint before or Personal Capital, but those are fantastic websites for, you know, keeping track of what all your account balances are and all your transactions and helping you stay on a budget. In fact, you know, my personal weakness is, you know, I could go over to the mall over here and drop some money pretty quickly. And so, you know, one thing I have set up for myself on Mint is, you know, I have a budget set for myself for clothing and it'll shoot me a text alert if I'm getting close to that for the month. And then I know, hey, you know, I need to just stay at home. So that's really (laughs) helpful. I need Um, that. Will you sit down and get that arranged for me? <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll come right to you. We'll wow, it. that's um, awesome. Yeah, so that's we've had several clients use that and have some success with that. And then a few others. The AICPA actually has a great website called feedthepig.org. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which has all sorts of education and planning resources. A lot of people like to play around with financial calculators. There's some of those on there. I also go to bankrate.com for some financial calculators. And then, you know, lastly is kind of know when to ask for help, right? I mean, that's why people work with financial planners and financial advisors is because they're in over their head and they've maybe accumulated a a good amount of money and they don't want to risk losing it. So that's when they seek out a financial advisor and ask for help and start to do some planning. Wow, those are some great resources. And I'm serious. I might come sit down with you and learn about how to get some of these 
budget set for myself. It sounds very helpful. Definitely. We'd love to help. Well, thank you for being here with us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I thank you all for listening to Life at DHG, our premier podcast series. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll tell your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our DHG blog for more great stories about our life beyond numbers. Join us next time for another edition of Life at DHG.